a liturgy for Good Friday, the second reflection, based on John chapter 18, verses 15 to 27. John's account of Peter's denial serves to contrast Peter's faithlessness with the faithfulness of Jesus. As Jesus is sent to Caiaphas, the high priest, we see the resolve of Jesus highlighted against the failure of Peter. Remember that at his arrest in the garden, when they'd come searching for Jesus of Nazareth, he'd said, I am he, or more simply and profoundly, I am. By contrast, Peter now says, I am not. Peter, Jesus' most solid disciple, denies him three times. And how typical it is of human nature that we should remember Peter primarily for this, rather than for the many good things he did. Later on, as we already know, the risen Jesus will reach out tenderly to his disciple, redeeming those three denials. And so, in fact, Peter's example should give us hope. At first sight, his denial is nothing but a complete failure. But as the writer William Barclay reminds us, we should remember that all the other disciples, with one exception, had forsaken Jesus and fled. It had been the real, loyal Peter who had drawn his sword in the garden and who had followed Jesus to the courtyard. But it was not the real Peter who had cracked under the tension and denied his Lord. That was what Jesus could see. Beneath our own failures, Jesus sees the real you and me. The forgiving love of Jesus is so great that he sees our real personality, not in our defeat by sin, but in our reaching out for goodness, even when we are defeated. So, as we embrace all that God wants us to be and to do, we can, with confidence, lay at the foot of the cross our failures. Jesus, in his faithfulness, is able to say to Annas, a former high priest, that he's always taught openly in synagogues and in the temple, never secretly. His challenge is this, if I have spoken wrongly, bear witness to the wrong. Tellingly, Annas, without reply, then sends Jesus bound to the current high priest, his son-in-law, Caiaphas. By contrast, the faithlessness in extremis of Peter should help us see that if we strive to do our best, then Jesus understands that we may still fail and assures us that even then, and before we fail, we are forgiven and invited to try again. In Matthew's Gospel, Jesus says, I've come to call not the righteous, but sinners. And just as he called Peter, so he calls you and me. He calls us to repentance, to achieve a closer alignment of our will with that of his Father. He calls us each day into loving service of others according to their needs. And by trusting in God's grace rather than our own strength, we grow in our knowledge of God's desire to bless all his children. So, as we seek to align our will with his, to undertake by his grace the loving service of others, Jesus knows full well we will not always be ready to respond to his call. He knows we will fail, but by his loving mercy we're offered the chance to try again and again and again. Today, of all days, we need to hear this message, that when we fail, we can be assured we are already forgiven, 
For me, this point is underlined by an interpretation of the parable of the prodigal son by the Catholic writer David Beresford. The crux of the story of the prodigal son lies in the unfathomable grace of the father. He runs to his returning son before any words are spoken, effectively saying, You are still my son, I am still your father. So does the son say sorry? Perhaps during the meal, or maybe in the weeks or months to follow. The profound truth in this parable is that God forgives us before we say we are sorry. His mercy is not conditional on an apology or even an acceptance of our own failures. His mercy is unconditional, and we simply have to be in enough of a relationship with him to receive it. In the silence that follows, and gathered as we are at the foot of the cross, let us remember that our Father in heaven is always more ready to forgive us our sins than we are to ask. Thanks be to God. Amen.